is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Clint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Vendis joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weight. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandela, our guest here. Jason Walker, deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show, broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Yo, what up? Happy what is it? Uh, Wednesday today. It is the Jason Walker Show inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave and a big show coming up today. We are going to chat with Miss Teen Rodeo Montana Glacier Wolfpack Cody Carson will join us. Uh, we will also uh, check in with uh, Lindsay Barra, freelance journalist. She's done a lot of stuff, ESPN, Major League Baseball Network, and a whole lot more. And uh, yes, she recognized the last name. That is Yogi Berra's granddaughter. The oldest. Uh, we'll talk uh, to Lindsay Barra coming up. Uh, this week, Dr. Scott Morton will join us on Friday. Brittany Jackson will join us tomorrow. Former Tennessee Lady Vol basketball player as well. So big, big, uh, big week. We've been having a lot of fun. We haven't been able to talk about sports. Hopefully we get to talk about Legion Baseball soon because... Um, most cities are getting approval to uh, start up Billings, Bozeman, Helena, uh, Kalispell. So that's great. Finally have real live sports to talk about, which will be fantastic. So um, there might not be other baseball to talk about, though. So I saw this report today that uh, so John Heyman, great baseball writer, uh, is saying that the Major League Baseball season, they're hoping July 1st to get going. Probably no fans to start with. And fans, maybe not all season in the stands. Possibility of a 14-team playoff instead of 10, maybe 100 games possible. But... This is a big, big deal, and I saw it on John Heyman's Twitter page, and I also saw it on uh, another guy's Twitter page, uh, Joe Doyle. John Heyman says, quote, there's no likelihood of minor league season, which is gate-driven. So this complicates things for Major League Baseball teams, which depend on call-ups, end quote. Joe Doyle, on his Twitter page, at Joe Doyle, M-I-L-B, says that multiple agents are receiving messages today that there will not be a minor league season, rather a uh, expanded Major League Baseball roster and developmental league playing out of spring training facilities. So there may not be minor league baseball of any kind, according to Joe Doyle and John Heyman. And that would mean no Pioneer League Baseball. And it's looking as if, as well, that 
there will be no Pioneer League Baseball after this season anyway. So the Missoula Paddleheads, Billings Mustangs, um, who else? Oh, Great Falls Voyagers in Montana at least. And then the rest of the Pioneer League, Idaho Falls, Colorado Springs, Grand Junction, or Mogden would no longer exist. Which we've been worried about for a while anyway, but it's looking more and more likely that this is not going to happen. Minor League Baseball, the contraction from 162 teams down to 120. But there may not be Minor League Baseball this year at all according to a couple of the reports that I'm reading. So we'll keep an eye on that, because that's big news. That's huge if there's no minor league baseball. They're already planning the draft, but instead of 718 rounds, just five coming up in uh, June. Virtual draft, but, yeah, weird uh, to think about uh, with no minor league baseball. How crazy would that be? And then we may lose the Pioneer League anyway. And I think that's a foregone conclusion that the Pioneer League's going away, which is terrible. And I just feel like over the last six, seven weeks, we've talked a lot about negative news. But thanks, China and COVID. Um, you know, we've already lost high school sports. We lost winter and then spring. There's no guarantee that fall sports are going to get started on time. I am seeing, though, as well today, that some colleges are starting to say, hey, we're going to be open for the fall. Dickinson State tweeted out today that uh, all sports at DSU to return to face-to-face instruction in the fall of 2020, which would be this fall, which would be great. Alabama saying that they're going to be open, or it's going to be open, for fall uh, instruction on campus, which would be a great step towards actual fall sports and football starting on time on the college level. Of course, we don't know. And, you know, if California, and we talked about this with Greg Rockach a couple weeks ago, if California is still not open, then that affects the Big Sky Conference football season hugely. So just some things to keep an eye on. I know we all want live sports, but again, it goes back to something I said about a month ago here on the Jason Walker Show. We're too reliant as a society on sports. Over the last 100 years, and really over the last 15 to 20, we've become very reliant on sports to entertain us. And I know that I have a sports talk show. which I enjoy talking about sports. And if, you know, Bob Valvano said it here on our show last Friday, you know, he's worried because if if campuses aren't open, like Cal State Fullerton already said, they're not going to be open for the fall. Well, that affects not only the football season. I don't think Fullerton has football, but they definitely have basketball. And practices usually start in October-ish, November, and, you know, he's a sports talk show host. 
He also does play-by-play or color analyst for basketball. So there's a lot of stuff that if if it doesn't happen and goes away, there's a lot of people that are going to be out of jobs, this show included. And maybe some of you are happy about that. I don't know. <laughs> but think about that stuff. I mean, just think about it. That if there's no college football season, there's a good likelihood that there's not much for a high school season in the fall, which would suck. There's no question about it. And there's a possibility that this summer is going to be no baseball for the minor leagues. We're going to see, I mean, we're starting to see pro leagues starting, you know, like Major League Baseball. They're hoping to start July 1st. And I know NASCAR wants to get back going, and golf wants to get back going, and, and PBR started last week with no fans. And with TV deals, there's a lot of lot of money floating around that, you know, I... I I know that we need to get going back normal. I was out today, went and got a haircut, which is great. Nobody's wearing masks. Had a doctor's appointment today, had to wear a mask at that, but, you know, that's a doctor's appointment. But nobody's wearing masks at the at the salons. Nobody's wearing masks anywhere. Certain mask people are, but it's not like it's supposed to be. Sue on Facebook is uh, saying we have to have football. I don't disagree with you, Sue, but you know, this is the world we live in. If there's no football, I think we'll live. And whether it's high school, college, or pro, or little guy, it just here's the thing: if we don't have sports, it just proves you know, and I mean, people are losing their minds. We're too reliant on sports. And again, it goes back to, I get it. I get what I do every day for a living. Well, not really for a living because it's self-employed and need more sponsors if you want to come aboard. But but it's we're so reliant on sports to entertain us. Like how, how, how did we live before social media and sports? How did we live 150 years ago with no sports? You know, I. you find ways to adapt. And if there's no baseball this year, it sucks. I'm a huge baseball fan. It's the best sport in the world. But if there's no baseball on the minor leagues or Legion, and we're hoping we get Legion, some sort of baseball season would be great for especially the kids. And again, if Legion happens in Montana, there's not going to be fans in the stands because Legion's going to wait till Governor opens up Phase 2, which is 50 or more, or groups of 50 or less, I guess. Well, like Coach John Burnett talked about from the Helena Senators on Monday, that, you know, you, you put in teams, that's 20 on each side, you throw in coaches, you throw in people that have to run a scoreboard. Maybe you don't have scoreboards, but you have umpires on the field. 
it's really hard to breathe wearing a mask. What if you have to have to wear masks when you play? I mean, then you wouldn't have to use the glove to cover up your mouth when you're, you know, talking to your catcher, pitcher and catchers. But, it, it, look, we all want sports back. I get it. And I would love to have sports to talk about, live, actual sports. But we have to come to a realization that we may not be able to, at least for this year, to have actual sports like we're accustomed to. So it's just something we have to learn to live with. I mean, they canceled the Hall of Fame induction for baseball this year in Cooperstown. So Derek Jeter and Larry Walker get to go in next year inducted, hopefully. And that's the other thing to think about, folks. We don't know what next year holds for us. And this isn't fear-mongering and, you know, whether you think it's worse than the flu or less than the flu, I don't care. It's like I said back in March, we can be, we can think that, you know, we're overreacting to a lot of things and at the same time be concerned as more information comes out. Now, I don't know when we're going to get back to a normal, but what's normal anymore? Just a thought. I was going to talk about the NCAA and their name, image, and likeness. They really didn't make any noise today. Uh, we'll probably talk more about it tomorrow. But Hopefully we get baseball tomorrow, uh, the Legion baseball. Hopefully we get Major League Baseball. It looks like no Minor League Baseball, though. But speaking of baseball, we're going to take a break. And when we return... One of the best to ever play the game was Yogi Berra. His granddaughter, Lindsay Berra, will join us next here on the Jason Walker Show. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. 
Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner. So now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rucker's Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rucker's, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rucker's Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Jason Walker Show, Major Mortgage Man Cave here on a Wednesday. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Rutgers Furniture. Looking forward to uh, the rest of the week. Dr. Scott and Morton will join us on Friday. Brittany Jackson, the former Tennessee Lady Vol, joins us tomorrow. And still to come today, Cody Carson, Miss Teen Rodeo Montana on deck. Coming up here in about uh, 20 minutes or so. But it is my great pleasure and honor to welcome in our first guest of the day on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. She is a uh, journalist, has done a lot of stuff with ESPN, MLB, and uh, when you hear the last name, you'll recognize it. It is none other than Lindsay Barra. How are you? Joining us from all the way from New Jersey. All the way from the, the hinterlands of New Jersey, yeah. I'm pretty good. It's raining. I'm in my house like everybody else, but, you know, I'm good. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Uh, you are Yogi's granddaughter, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but do you ever get tired of hearing that introduction? Like, this is Yogi's granddaughter, Lindsay Barra. Um, no, I, I very much consider myself a, a lucky, lucky kid to have had my Grandpa Yogi as a grandpa, my Grammy Carmen as a grandma, I had another, uh, you know, World War II hero in my, my mother's grandfather, my grandpa Dominic, and my Grammy Carmen and Grandpa Yogi, I had them around until I was 36 and 38 years old, which not a lot of people can say they, no. they get to have their grandparents for that long. And they were both such special people, and to be able to have my relationship with them evolve over the years into an adult relationship that, that, that I mean, they were my best friends. Um, I, I consider myself very lucky, and they would have been special humans even if Grandpa was not a famous baseball player. And, you know, hearing all of his stories about his life and his time with the Yankees and, and World War II and growing up in St. Louis and his Italian family, like, I, I never got sick of any of that. So I don't think I get sick of being his granddaughter because it's very much as a, as a really big part of who I am. Lindsay Barra, our guest here, Jason Walker Show. Um you are Italian. I had Bob Valvano on last Friday, so he was talking about eggplant parmesan. What's your recipe go to right now? Um, <laughs> I, it's funny. I so I this is terrible for an Italian, but I can't eat gluten. So I oh. use like the gluten free pasta and whatnot. 
Um, I, I've been more like, honestly, like I've been trying to be healthy in this quarantine. I've been like making a lot of fish and vegetables at the moment, to be honest. It's not, it's not real good Italian food, but, um, that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. Uh, Lindsay Barrett joining us, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. All right. So, uh, you got into broadcasting and this is a, a big reason why I wanted to have you on the show. Cause every Wednesday I do a segment called that's what she said, brought to you by dinners done right. And I feature, <laughs> Women in athletics, uh, whether they're uh, you know players or and you played college uh, softball and also on the men's what club soccer team is that right? Club hockey. Team. Oh, club hockey. hockey, even better. Yeah. Um, but what? At the University of North Carolina. Oh, all this Jordan talk right now. You. Yep. Mm. Hey, at least it's not Duke. I'll give you that. But I'm a Kentucky guy. So, hey, uh, but what led you into broadcasting, Lindsay? Um, I always give full credit to my mother. Uh, when I was in high school, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to look for in college for a major. I had taken AP, uh, I'm sorry, AP English for four years in, in high school, and I was a really good writer. And my mom just sort of suggested, you're a great athlete, you love sports, and you're a really good writer, so why don't you go to journalism school and be a sports writer? And for lack of a better idea, that was what I did. And uh, it's led you to some great places, ESPN, the magazine, MLB, and uh, and, and much more. Um, you're a freelance journalist, but what do you what what's so great? What's the draw about writing about sports for you? Um, it's funny. So I'm starting to evolve a little bit more at this point into writing a little bit outside of sports. What happened with me at ESPN magazine? What I really loved about it, I really learned to write at ESPN magazine, and there. We had a magazine that came out every two weeks, so the stuff that you wrote about had to have a shelf life. You couldn't just write, the Yankees lost 6-4 to four last night. You, it was That would be old news by the time people got the magazine. So you had to really tell stories about players and where they came from and how they, how they got to where they were, whatever, something that was special about them, you know, how a guy learned to throw his foot finger fastball how Lorena Ochoa became a female golf sensation in Mexico where no one plays golf. Um, you know, it, it was about taking people's backstories and, you know, making them interesting and compelling for fans uh, and telling them in a way that would be interesting if you picked the magazine up eight months later in your dentist office. I, I like that because uh, that's, to me, the great stories are the ones that relate months later, years later, and it's just fun to you know go back and read some of those old stories uh, about people and getting to know people. It's not just the, um, like you said, it's not just, hey, here's what happened with the game last night. It's, it's mm-hmm. And the stories that stand the test of time are the real, I mean, they, they're about athletes who play sports, sure, but the mm-hmm. stories that really you know bring us in are the human stories about people's families and how they overcome things and, and things that are meaningful to them that resonate with us in our own lives. Lindsay Barrett joining us, Jason Walker Show. Uh, so you've gotten a chance to, what's your favorite interview? Because you've met and, and interviewed a lot of different people. God, there's so many. I, it's, the one person I always go back to a lot is Roger Federer, just because he's, a, I cover a lot of tennis to be a fan magazine, and they're all international tennis players, are super impressive people. Um, I am a person who does not have a flair for languages, so anytime I encounter a person who speaks like five of them, I am in awe. And Roger Federer, as good as he is, will sit there in a press conference and answer questions in uh, French, German, Swiss German, 
English, Spanish, and he makes an attempt at Mandarin, and that is just super, super impressive. And he's always so gracious with people. Um, you know, as, as good as he is, he never, um, you know, let let that get the best of him, and then storms out of a press conference room in a huff and stuff. And, and you know, being raised as my grandfather's granddaughter, my grandfather always had time for everyone. He was the most humble superstar, and I have a lot of respect for athletes nowadays who still display that because there's a lot of egos in, in sports, and I think Roger is one of those people. I love Roger Federer. He's my all-time favorite. I think he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> I don't, you know, Rafa and those guys are great, and, and Novak and all those guys, but the way Roger's done it for so long, and I had Nick McCarville on yesterday yeah. uh, on the show, but, you know, he covers tennis uh, a, a, as well, and we talked a lot about the Olympics next year with Roger and Serena. You know, they both want more more medals, uh, but they're going to be 40 next year. Do you see either one of them coming back to play in the Olympics next year? I, you know, it's, it's interesting about the, the Olympics now. Like, I don't know how everyone is going to adjust to this year you know, this new year out. I was talking with a friend of mine who worked for Under Armour um, yesterday who works a lot with Natasha Hastings, who's an American track and field athlete who had a baby and timed her comeback from her pregnancy to the Tokyo Olympics. And now she's like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Because uh, it's really hard to have to peak at that particular time. And tennis players who, who don't really skip out on all the meters when they're doing that, they have to peak sort of five times in the year now when the Olympics are, are going. And I think with Serena and Roger both, they both had some, some injury issues. It's going to be really dependent on where they find themselves like nine months from now. Lindsay Barra joining us, Jason Walker Show. You and I were talking before we came on the air, and I, there was the report that came out today from John Heyman and a couple others that there may not be minor league baseball this year. We know that Major League Baseball is hoping for uh, July 1st, possibly 100 games maybe, but we don't really know. And with no fans in the stands, they can take the hit like you were saying. But what if there's no minor league baseball in 2020? Minor league baseball, I, I have a, a very soft spot in my heart for minor league baseball. I, I grew up around a lot of minor league baseball. My grandfather's museum um, is on the you know the the first baseline of a minor league baseball stadium. Um, and I went to school at UNC, which is smack in the middle of the Carolina League. And when I went down there as a freshman, my dad made me promise that I would hit every team in the Carolina League before I graduated, which I did. Um, but uh, anyway, minor league baseball is just its such a part of, forget just baseball, it's such a part of culture in America, these small teams, small towns that don't get to see big league baseball, and it's such a great family atmosphere, super fun, the food's always really good. So it's it, going to be a shame if we have to have a, a full summer without that activity just for the general public. But then also, obviously, the hit that the major leagues will take, you know, down the road because they can't have their prospects playing all year. Like, who knows how that that is going to turn out. But I'm also still kind of questioning that July 1 start for Major League Baseball, too. I know, like, the teams can probably manage their players, but need a couple of hundred other people in, you know, when you, when you think about hotel staff, catering yep. staff, training staff, all the other people who have to be around these players. And, you know, I don't know what this pandemic and what the public health situation is going to look like come July, but I don't know that if it's as still as bad as it is right now, that you can put that many other people in jeopardy at that point. And the other thing that's crazy, if they played in one location, you know, um, Bryce Harper just had a baby. You think he's going to want to sequester himself 
from his wife and his kids for, for four months. I don't know that I see that happening. I don't I don't either, as Lindsay Barra joined us here, Jason Walker Show. Uh, you mentioned the museum. Um, you're a, a board member of the Yogi Berra Museum, and it, it, it's great because it keeps his legacy alive. Um, but, man, what great stories you must have about uh, Yogi, and, and uh, we'll talk you know, more in a second, but the museum. And to me, it seems like the Negro League Museum in Kansas City, it just is a legacy builder that keeps that, like I said, that legacy going. Yeah, so Grandpa always used to joke that he was one of the few people who got a museum while he was still alive. He said most people are not around to see it. Um, and as I mentioned, the museum is on it's on the campus of Montclair State University, and it's adjacent to the baseball stadium there. So the Montclair State University team plays there, and also the New Jersey Jackals, which is an independent league team. And Grandpa used to just hang out at the museum. It opened in 1998. Um and he would sit in our little skybox and watch batting practice, watch the college kids play, watch the, the independent league guys play. He just liked to be around baseball. So Grandpa would be in the museum a lot because of that. So school groups and people who would come visit, Grandpa used to like to sneak up on people like that were like looking at his bat and say, stop talking my stuff. Um, so he was always like, he was very involved with the museum while he was still alive. And then he passed in 2015, and it, it just made it all that much more important. It's the Yogi Bear Museum and Learning Center, and we teach uh, school programs, character education programs based on grandpa's values of teamwork, diversity, leadership, excellence, inclusion. Uh, we teach STEM education programs um, using the math and science of baseball to teach physics to kids. Um, and grandpa was super proud of that educational component, and I love seeing the kids in there, and I love being able to tell my stories about my grandfather to a new generation of baseball fans and just a new generation of kids who may not all be baseball fans because grandpa's story, like we were talking about with at my writing idiots in magazine, is a very human story. He was an Italian immigrant who grew up very poor. He uh, was the last in, in of his uh, brothers who... Um, They've been all working in the uh, shoe factory and in the brickyards, and his brothers continued to work so he would have a chance to play baseball. And he grew up, um, you know, wanting to make a name for himself so he could make good on what his brothers did for him to allow him to play and then provide for his family so his parents didn't have to work so hard. So I think that's a, a story that everybody can relate to, and uh, I love sharing those stories at the museum. Lindsay Barra, our guest here, Jason Walker Show. I tweeted this yesterday because – not many people know this, but Yogi finished with the Mets, and that's my favorite team. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, you know. <laughs> my wife says the same thing. She's a huge Yankees fan, so uh, we, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't compete. You know, two World Series titles, twenty-seven. That's not even close. Um, but he did finish with the Mets. What were? What did he ever talk about that? So a lot. So so Grandpa. One of the things that I love talking about at the museum is Grandpa's time with the Yankees and how good he was as a player. Because a lot of kids today, they think of catchers, they think of Mike Piazza and Hud Rodriguez and, God forbid, Gary Sanchez. And they don't remember how great of a player Grandpa was, right? So there's that. But then at the end of his career, he he retired as a Met. We actually have an anniversary, I think it's the 55-year anniversary coming up on May 9th. Uh, Grandpa was a player coach for the Mets. He played in his final game. 
he struck out three times on Tony Cloninger's fastball. It was only the second time in his career that he had struck out for three times in, in one game. He, he struck out 400 times in his entire career, which is ludicrous. And uh, at the moment that third at that happened, he went into the dugout and he said, that's it, I'm done, I'm retiring. He couldn't make the adjustment and it bothered him so much that he actually quit right after that game. And that's that anniversary coming up on May the 9th. But um, I also always tell people this story. Uh, I was at a bat dinner with him, the baseball assistant team charity dinner when I was still in high school. And he was introduced and you get this long list of accolades and it's just crazy to listen to them. Three-time MVP, 10-time World Series champion, 18-time All-Star. And he gets up and he waves and the lights shining on him. And he sits down and he had this way of kind of like gently backhanding you to get your attention. So he whacks me across the shoulder and he goes, Lint. And I'm like, what? Because I'm trying to listen to the program. Lint, how come nobody ever remembers that I managed the 1974 All-Star Game? And I like spit out my food. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and the reason he managed the 1974 All-Star Game was because he won the 1973 National League pennant with the Mets and went to the World Series. And he was so proud of having made the World Series with a National League team. There's not a lot of, of managers to do that with American League team and National League team. He was super proud of that, and it really bugged him that people didn't remember that he had done that with the Mets. And then... The other thing that I'd like to tell people, my grandmother was a hoot, and when they first joined the Mets in 1965, Mrs. Payson owned the team, Joan Payson. She was the first female uh, sports team owner in, I think, all of North America. She bought the team with her own money. It wasn't like she got the team from her dad, and, and she was like a New York City, you know, who's who, socialite kind of lady. And uh, she she knew how to throw a party, Mrs. Payson. And my grandmother used to say, you know, we had a lot of fun when we were with the Yankees because we won all the time. But we didn't know what real fun was until we got to the match. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of great stories, Lindsay, that involve the Yankees and the Mets. I mean, with, with you know, your grandpa and then, of course, Casey Stengel being the manager of the Mets Thank when they were know. so bad in the early 60s. Um mm-hmm. But that 73 year, and they lost to the Orioles, which is, is terrible, but to get to the World yeah. Series. And, you know, did, did, did Grandpa ever talk about, you know, how, how much it meant just because, not from the, you know, to take two teams to the World Series, one from each league, but just because this was a terrible organization for so, you know, not so long because they were still pretty young, um, but to take them to two World Series or to the World Series in 73. You know, and, and how cool that was because they will want it in 69, but they were so bad in the 60s. Yeah. No, he, 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 Grandpa was one of those people where if you asked him to reflect on his career, he would never give you stories about anything that he did. He was always about, like, what Mickey and Roger and Whitey and all those guys had done. And it was the same thing with his memories of, of the Mets. He was super proud of what they accomplished as a group of guys, and he stayed very close to a lot of those people as, he got older. Um, he was really tight with Terry Carter and, and Tom Seaver and Buddy Harrelson. Um, they, they stayed friends and stayed in close touch. And he, he, there was one time really funny. I was, uh, at, I used to go to my grandparents' house and kind of, um, steal their leftovers and <laughs> they didn't live far from me. And, uh, I went in one day and my grandmother was making pasta and my grandfather was in the other room and was in ESPN Classics. He, he had it on and it was, Game two of the 73 World Series. And when Buddy Harrelson goes home and is tagged out at the plate, and my grandfather loses his mind, 
on, on Ogie Tonatelli, jumping up and down, yelling at the umpire because uh, he thought that Buddy was uh, safe. <laughs> so he's standing there with his arms crossed and uh, in front of the television. My grandmother had called him for dinner, and he's just waiting for this play at the plate to happen. And my grandmother walks into the kitchen, into the living room from the kitchen, sees Buddy Harold on third base and sees Grandpa waiting for the play to happen. And she goes, oh, for God's sake, Yogi, it's dinner time. He was out in 1973, and he's going to be out now. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Oh, my gosh, that is fantastic. Um, but he could still get, you know, he still clearly had some emotional attachment to that play in, in much the same way he still had one to the Jackie Robinson play at home play from, from the 55. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, and I think that's what's great is, you know, your, your grandpa had so many great moments. What's your favorite moment of Yogi Berra? Oh, God. I mean, his career, probably him jumping up in uh, Don Larson's oh. arms because, you don't see such unbridled joy very often, and that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I think what other moments, you know, I, as a an older person, uh, in 1999, I was 21 years old. That was when he went back to Yankee Stadium for um, Yogi Berra Day after his 14-year feud with George Steinbrenner, and that, that was a moment I'll never forget, a, a packed Yankee Stadium standing up and giving him that ovation that I hadn't seen before because he'd been out of the stadium for so long. That was pretty cool for me. That is, uh, wow. Yeah, and I think I got a picture of it up right now. But uh, um, was he a fan of New Yankee Stadium? He just always said how big it was. He would say that you could throw a, a, a touchdown pass in the in the clubhouse. <laughs> really, really, really big. <laughs> uh, it is, um, yes. And being, you know, a, a, Mets fan, you know, he he played at Shea, he coached at Shea, and now City Field, you know, they're a little bit different, but it was a lot like uh, they, they did the rotunda like Abbott's Field, right? So, um, Yeah, and Yankee Stadium, the interior, you know, feels that once, once you're out at the field, it, it doesn't feel that much different than old Yankee Stadium. It's the concourse and the, the clubhouse areas, the, the areas underneath and the suites, that's what really feels different. I actually, I love uh, City Field, I love it. And Shea was a dump, but it was an endearing <laughs> dump. City Field, City is like, and I and I don't even really call it City. I usually just call it New Shea or Shea, even though it's City, which I'm not supposed to do, but whatever. Yeah, okay. um, city is a cool a cool ballpark. It has a lot of really great sight lines. Even if, if you're in like right field, is a great place to watch a game in City Field. You feel close and it's low. Um, I, I, I actually I like watching games there. Uh, someday I'm going to get to out to New York and watch a game. And like I said, the wife is a Yankee fan, so she wants to go to games uh, during the Subway Series when they're both, you know, we can go to both uh, stadiums. But um, I think, you know, what's your favorite stadium that you've been to? Um, I really love San Francisco. Um, you know, with the the water out in the, mm-hmm. in the outfield there and the way it's like kind of right in downtown. I love Pittsburgh. Ooh, okay. um, the ballpark, it, the ballpark itself is beautiful. It's tremendous. It, it feels small. It's got great food. But what's really cool about the Pittsburgh Stadium architecturally, the out the center field um, 
like over over the center field fence, you can see the Sixth Street Bridge, which goes into Pittsburgh. And you could actually, as you're walking out of downtown, you could stand mid-span of the Sixth Street Bridge and see into the outfield at, um, you know, the baseball stadium. And when you're sitting in the stadium and you look out through the outfield there, the the way the sun hits, like they, they just rotated that ballpark perfectly. The Andy Warhol Museum is on the other side of the river, and it's got kind of this, like, mirrored side. So when the sun sets, it just reflects all this light back into the stadium. It's just really beautifully situated, and it makes baseball such a pleasant experience. Even though I mean, it's very pleasant, but already without that, but then it yeah. makes it just like always a lovely night at that ballpark. So you played volleyball and club hockey. Is baseball still your favorite sport? I played softball. And oh, club softball! Hockey. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would softball. Say, I would say you know I like different sports for different reasons. Like I love. I love to play hockey. It's just so fast and fun, and I like to watch it for those reasons. But, like, you like, like, a lazy Sunday afternoon at the ballpark. We don't get a lot of those anymore, though, because it's Sunday night baseball. But, no, I mean, I, I like, I, you know, the, the slowness of baseball lends itself to a lot of really great stories, you know? Yep. Uh, final question for you, Lindsey Barra. You're in New Jersey. Um, Montana State football is supposed to host Long Island on September 5th. Here in Montana, will that game happen? September. I mean, am I betting? Am I going to lose money? No, no, no. Um, I just. <laughs> I mean, is it by September? I hope so. Well, we yeah, all hope so, yeah, but positive. Okay, because Long, no, Long Island's were in your neck of the woods. I mean, that's a pretty bad area out there with all this COVID stuff. Yeah, it is, and I think as we go forward, we're just going to have to—they're going to have to make a decision about how much they're willing to isolate uh, players and how much they're able to isolate players. Like co- college kids, like you're going to have to not socialize with any of their friends. Like I don't know, I don't know how that's going to go. I don't either. Um, I love it's your story. It's uncharted territory that we're in right now. <laughs> that, exactly. It, no, it absolutely is. We, none of us have ever been yeah. here because uh, they didn't have radio or I TV keep, in Spanish flu days. Yeah. No, I keep throwing out the, the the yogiism. The future ain't what it used to be. Well, that, I saw never, that uh, never, today. Never quite been that yeah. Was that what, okay? We we didn't even talk about yogiisms. Was that what's your favorite? Uh-huh. I like those existential ones. Like people always like the funny ones. So I like the future ain't what it used to be. If the world were perfect, it wouldn't be. I like those. But then there's a. I actually just pulled one this afternoon to someone who told me they like you who. Um, there was, and this is one that most people don't know, so I'll just tell it real quick. Uh, in the late 50s, when Mickey Mantle and my grandfather became pitchmen for Yoo-Hoo, there was a press conference, and my grandfather remembered it because there was a female reporter in the front row, which didn't happen a lot in the late 50s. And the female reporter raised her hand, and she said, excuse me, is that hyphenated? And she was talking about the word Yoo-Hoo. And Grandpa said, lady, it ain't even carbonated. <laughs> Oh man, Yogi's the greatest. I like that. Yogi's the, as a Mets was, fan, Yogi's the greatest. Um, yeah. I would, and as a baseball fan, he's the greatest. I was like I said, I was a very very lucky kid. Yes, as a baseball fan, absolutely. Uh, I would love to have you on uh, again and, and tell more great stories about your grandpa and and of course your life. I mean, you've made a great life of your own. So let's not forget you. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I'm all right. 
I love I'm it. I'm all right. He's cooler than I. He's much cooler than I. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. My grandpa's cooler than me too. But, <laughs> um, appreciate the the time. Stay safe out there. And I, I seriously, I, I'd love to have you on more. Uh, and we'll talk some baseball once the season actually gets going. Hopefully. Sure, anytime. Just give me a shout. That is uh, Lindsey Barra. Thank you so much for joining us. Lindsey Barra on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Uh, great stories. Uh, we could go on and on and on uh, hearing about Yogi and uh, and much, much more. But appreciate her joining us from uh, New Jersey uh, tonight for her. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to check in. Miss Teen Rodeo Montana joins us next here on the Jason Walker Show. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rockers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rockers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rockers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner. So now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check them out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the major mortgage team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. During this time of uncertainty and stay-at-home orders, Dinners Done Right wants to remind you that they're still open. Just go to dinnersdoneright.com, place your order, and then pick it up for dinner that night. Or plan ahead and order for the weekend. It's easy. Visit dinnersdoneright.com, register, pick your meals, then pick them up. Or stop in and grab meals out of the front freezer. Dinners Done Right's taking extra precautions with extra cleanings going on with every piece of equipment and personnel. Dinners Done Right thanks you for your continued support, and may we all stay safe and healthy during this time. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back, Jason Walker Show, here on a Wednesday. And uh, still... Thinking about all the great stories uh, Lindsay Barra told about uh, her grandpa Yogi. And, and there's so many great stories still to tell. But, uh, Jason Walker Show, presented in part by our friends at Green Meadow Country Club. Get on the schedule now for demo days coming up May 8th. You can uh, you have to make an appointment, but there's going to be uh, some great demos there uh, for you. Tell them. If you buy some, tell them you heard it on the Jason Walker Show, and that's why you're there, um, please, because we love Green Meadow Country Club. And become a member. 
and just because you you will love to golf out there. Uh, still to come on this day in history and uh, the walk off and a whole lot more. But uh, want to welcome in our next guest on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. She is, uh, I believe, a sophomore at Glacier High School, and her name is Cody Carson. She is Miss Rodeo Montana teen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you for joining us today. Did I get that? You're a sophomore, is that right? Yep. Okay. How's this last month been, the last six weeks? Because, you know, you're still in high school, and yet you're doing the remote learning. How has that been going? I actually really enjoy it. I've been able to kind of set my own pace for the week, and I can finish up work in a couple of days, and it makes it pretty enjoyable, actually. <laughs> I bet um, you don't, and you know, you don't have to see all your friends, which you know, it sometimes is a good thing, right? Especially in high school at this age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that has been hard, but I think that everything will. Uh, Cody Carson joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. Uh, first, before I get going here, I have to thank you because you sent a birthday present to my soon-to-be two-year-old. She turns two on Friday, but um, I didn't realize that the package is a signed picture, which is awesome, but it's full of glitter. And is that just a is that a is that a rodeo Miss Teen Rodeo Montana thing, or is that a Cody Carson thing, or is it just it's all, because glitter is literally everywhere in my house right now. You know, I just wanted to spread a little bit of sparkle to the kiddos around the state of Montana right now because they aren't able to have birthday parties and gather with their friends. So I wanted to send a little package to everyone with a birthday in May. So if you know anyone else that wants a little bit of sparkle in their house, you should send them my way. (laughs) <laughs> which I saw it on Facebook and uh, got a hold of you. But uh, um, so thank you for that. And I sent you a little video of her uh, saying thank you with sign language. Uh, she can speak. She just, you know, she learned sign language at school. Uh, so take me back to January, what is it, 13th, 14th, Great Falls, and you get crowned Miss Teen Rodeo Montana. What uh, Take me back to that day. That was a crazy day. It was really busy. I was full of excitement, and it was definitely one that I will never forget. Um, you've been, how long have you been working up to this moment for your uh, for your short life so far? <laughs> so I was working for the local team up here in Kyleville in 2018, and I got the opportunity to go to Circuit Farming in Great Falls, and at that moment, I knew that I wanted to try rodeo king at the state level, so really, uh, in January of 2019, I just decided that I wanted to Cody. Gotcha. Cody Carson, our guest here, Jason Walker Show, she's Miss Teen Rodeo Montana. Uh, you're from the same area, neck of the woods, Kalispell, as uh, Miss... Uh, Rodeo Montana 2019 and Kayla Seaman. How much advice did she give you? Kayla was such an inspiration and she took me under her wing and I really enjoyed learning a lot from her. Uh, you are a 4.0 student, um, which obviously top of your class. You were uh, third at the state FFA horse judging competition. 
you are going to graduate high school a year early. Is that still on plan? So I was originally planning on graduating a year early so that I could get my set career started a little bit earlier. But my high school started to offer some new programs in the ag department, and that convinced me to actually stay the fourth year and complete those courses. Oh, okay. Um you plan, I mean, you're a sophomore in high school, Cody, and you already plan on a doctor of vet medicine degree and then equine dentistry. Oh, and by the way, you want to have a minor in business as well. I mean, you are very, very smart. You know, I try to keep my education at the top of my priority list. It's pretty important. Yep, very true. Very well said. Uh, Cody Carson, our guest here, she is Miss Teen Rodeo Montana. So we don't know right now, uh, Cody, where and how many rodeos we're going to have this summer. But what's your schedule hopefully looking like, knowing that everything is going to happen, or hoping that everything's going to happen the way it's supposed to? I am planning on attending and from there, we will see where I get to go to, but I'm really looking forward to attending all of Montana. Uh, with Miss Teen Rodeo Montana, how can, I mean, obviously, Miss Rodeo Montana would be your next step, or how long can you be Miss Teen? Is it just a year, or can you run again next year? So it so the title is one year, January to January, and I believe that you can't run it again. Gotcha. Um, what what else do you do in school besides be smart? I, I mean, do do you play sports? <laughs> I am a product of my Blackhead County Counselor FSA team in horse judging, and I actually show market hogs with. I saw that on your Facebook page. Um, great photos. Now, you wear a helmet when you ride. Is that is that accurate? So for um, my title last year, I did ride with a helmet. I love riding with a helmet. I think that uh, keeping the one uh, brain that I have is kind of important, so I try to protect it as Absolutely. Miss Teen Rodeo Montana, Cody Carson joining us here. Jason Walker Show. A couple final questions for you, but besides rodeo, what else do you like to, to do? I mean, what else, uh, you know, on your spare time, what do you enjoy? I really enjoy trying new food and rock climbing is the passion behind as well. Rock climbing? Yeah. Wow. Um, that's a little different than uh, hopping on the back of a horse. Yep, yeah, I started rock <laughs> climbing from a young age, and it has carried on throughout my life. That is very cool. Uh, everything gala-wise and fundraiser-wise has kind of been put on hold or online, so what's next for you uh, coming up with Miss Teen Rodeo Montana, also with Katie Lynn Krause, Miss Rodeo Montana? What's your guys' plans uh, here the next month? Uh, with fundraising and with galas and things like that? My rhinestone and radio fundraising games are under plan for it to be filled at the 
Pleasure to uh, chat with you. Hopefully, we can uh, have uh, you in studio sometime here in the Major Mortgage Man Cave because um, I just think you'd be uh, fun in studio, and, uh, um, and and that would mean too that we're back to normal life somewhat. So hopefully, we can have a real summer with rodeos and seeing you and and uh, Miss Rodeo Montana at the the Last Chance Stampede in July would be fantastic here in Helena. But uh, congratulations on the title, Cody, and uh, uh, good luck, and we look forward to uh, working with you for the rest of the year. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is Cody Carson joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline, and uh, Miss, she is Miss Teen Rodeo Montana. What a sweetheart. So we, uh, we will uh, do our best to uh, support her moving forward as well. Um, man, what a great show. So much fun. And you just, you just keep going. It, it's just so much fun. Um, that's what she said today, of course, brought to you by Dinner's Done Right. Make sure you stop by Dinner's Done Right and all of our great sponsors, and that includes Cafe Zydeco, which will bring you the walk-off here in a few minutes, and also um, the mother load bringing you on this day in history, which is coming up here in just a second. Also, uh, Nitro Green, get on the schedule now for all your lawn, pest, and tree needs. It's getting warm, and it is about time to uh, start thinking about, uh, well, you need to get on the schedule now because you need to get your law, uh, yard and lawn looking fantastic. So give Nitro Green a call at 443-5088 or nitrogreenhelena.com. All right, let's do On This Day in History. And it is, as I said, brought to you by the Motherload Sports Bar, Casino, and Restaurant. And it uh, it's a big day in sports history, which we're going to talk about here in a second as soon as I pull up the right page. There we go. Today is, uh, oh, by the way, the mother load is going to be opening up uh, again on May 4th, so next Monday, this coming Monday, going back open, which is fantastic. Today is National Shrimp Scampi Day. It is National Denim Day. It is also National Zipper Day. On this date, 1936, the first pro baseball game in Japan was played. Nagoya defeated Dai Tokyo 8-5. On this date in 18... Let's try that one again. 1961, rather. This started. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport. The thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. This is ABC's Wide World of Sports. Yeah, Wide World of Sports debuted on this date in 1961. How about that? Uh, of course, the legendary Jim McKay with the intro. And, of course, uh, if you're watching on the Facebook or YouTube, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the skier that crashed. Unbelievable. Uh, so that happened, 1961. 1986, uh, Boston Red Sox, Roger Clemens struck out 20 Seattle Mariners. 1988, the uh, Orioles of Baltimore beat the White Sox 9-0, the first 1988 win after starting the season 
zero and twenty one. Happy birthdays today. There's a lot. Willie Nelson was born on this date, nineteen thirty three. Johnny Miller, U.S. Open champ and uh, British, well, the Open champion in nineteen seventy six. He was born on this date, nineteen forty seven. Dale Earnhardt, nineteen fifty one. 1958, the greatest broadcaster in baseball right now, Gary Cohen of the New York Mets. He was born on this date in Queens, 1958. Also in 1958, happy birthday, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Reggie Miller, born on 1965. Cujo, Curtis Joseph, the great goaltender, born on this date, 1967. Andre Agassi, born in 1970. Justin Thomas, the golfer, 1993. And Barbaro. The uh, great thoroughbred racehorse was born on this date in 2003. And Alfred Hitchcock passed away on this date in 1980. So there you go. Uh, this day in history brought to you by the Motherlode. And now we do... Where's this? Nope, this. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. Ah... Uh. All right, we had a great, great show today. So much fun. Walk-off brought to you by Cafe Zydeco. Great conversation with Cody Carson, Miss Teen Rodeo Montana. You can follow her on Facebook. Lindsay Barra joined us, Yogi's granddaughter. Great stories. Hope to have her on again uh, in the coming months to talk more about Yogi. Just fun stuff. Uh, tomorrow, we'll talk to former Tennessee Lady Vol, Brittany Jackson. Loved watching B-Jack play. Shoot it up. Great, great player for Pat Summit back in the early 2000s. We'll talk to her tomorrow and uh, a whole lot more. Hopefully, we have a baseball season. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. We'll see you at 4. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.